Look, the whole thing is a little strange. Um, you know, Danelle has exported successfully in the past and has built its name on the basis of it is Danelle, and particularly it's a government-owned entity, so there's a certain amount of assurance or guarantee for the customer there. Why they would suddenly want to use another vehicle for marketing in a particular region and an important region for them is baffling. Why then they pick a company that, from what I hear, is very good at cutting steel, but as far as I know, doesn't know much about defense equipment as, as such and doesn't really have a market base in, in the Far East either. That was baffling. There's no, no track record. There's nothing there. Every other partnership Danel has entered into one way or the other has been with a company that is established in its field that brings market share to the party or brings new technologies to the party. None of that really applies here. So that was, that was a little strange. As to you know, Mr. Saluji's dismissal, now suspension and dismissal, that too strange. Initially, nobody said anything, nobody said anything formally, really. But initially, they said, oh, yes. So when they bought the former British Aerospace Land System South Africa into, into Danel, they spent all their money, and that's why they're now short of cash. In fact, that company brought orders with it and a nice cash flow, so that wasn't the issue. Then, more recently, the minister was quoted as saying that the suspension was because the Nelheads under their leadership had claimed the profit of a billion, uh, which they hadn't made. Mm-hmm. Well, I was at the profit announcement. They said $270 million. There was no Nobody said anything about a billion. So that wasn't the issue. And now I believe somebody said no, that the reason for all that was that they refused to make certain, and what do they call them, directed or something, appointments, uh, which would suggest that somebody wanted Nels Saluji to appoint a couple of senior people who he didn't think were capable of doing the job and therefore didn't appoint. He's a practical soul. He wanted the Nell to work. So it's all, his dismissal is very murky. Um, I believe he's fighting it, and I wish him luck with that. It's unfortunate that whatever the reasons and whatever has actually happened, that it comes at a time when, partly as a result of his leadership, but also his predecessors, the group is actually starting to make money. It's actually starting to become profitable. So now we have this noise in the system, which is really unfortunate. Mm. You say that you hope that uh, Mr. Saluji would actually challenge his dismissal. On what grounds would he do that? Well, I believe we've, we've never had a disciplinary hearing. Now, you can't actually fire anybody without a disciplinary hearing. Um, people have to know why they're being fired. They need to be able to defend themselves against whatever the allegations are. You can't just dismiss them. And I'm, in fact, surprised that they appear to have done that because I believe his contract was shortly going to expire anyway. And what I suspected was going to happen was they would just leave him on suspension until his contract expired and then pay him a settlement and that's it. Why they've now apparently gone the route to dismissal, again, it's one of those strange things that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Mm. But there was speculation uh, that uh, the unions, for example, had already been informed that his contract would be renewed for another five-year period. That I haven't heard, but I wouldn't be surprised because he and his team were doing a good job. You know, there are others that helped turn the mill around, but the bottom line is they were running it when it started making a profit. Now, normally, that is a team you'd want to keep, not a team you suspend and then fire. So what the reason, and my primary reason for hoping that he does take it up is because I think we need to know what actually the reasons were. Were there genuine reasons? In which case, fine. If not, why did people do this and how are they allowed to get away with it? But it's a, it's a big, big corporation. It's a state-owned one. It's, um, I suspect, the only major state-owned entity that actually makes a profit. And the Defense Force depends quite heavily on it for a lot of its equipment and the support of a lot of equipment. So you can't really afford doubt about that group.
Um, are you aware of uh, what the latest is regarding uh, the other two people who are also suspended alongside uh, Riyaz Saluji, uh, the Chief Financial Officer Figile Mklonto and uh, Company Secretary Elizabeth Africa? I haven't heard anything or seen anything. I'm just presuming it's the same situation. But that's just a uh, presumption. I don't know. Mm. And then uh, Danel is said to be going ahead with its partnership with the de- uh, the, this deal despite Finance Minister Praveen Gordon having declared it illegal. So what exactly is at stake here? Look, it's, it's maybe not quite as, as catastrophic financially as it looks, but if they, if they go ahead with it and they market into Asia through this Danil Asia subsidiary, then it depends a lot on what the profit structure for that subsidiary is. Because anything they then sell into that market region, 51% or 49% of the the profit, called roughly half of the profit, would stay. The profit on the not on the equipment, but the the profit on the sales side of it, the commission they'd be paid or whatever, would stay then with uh, the Arleza, Um which is not vast amounts of money, but it's certainly substantial amounts of money. Whereas normally, of course, if they market directly, uh, that cost doesn't exist. The other issue is I'm not sure how many of the countries in that region would want to buy South African equipment through what amounts to a middleman company. They're used to dealing directly with Danel. I don't think they would want to change that. And, you know, again, why use a middleman? Just adds a bit of cost structure. It really makes no sense at all. Financially, not really big money. The bulk of the money is actually equipment and the profit of the division of Danel that manufactured it. But big enough to be worrying. And the logic of it escapes me. So what sort of advice would you have for Danelle in order for them to somehow find a way forward out of this? Heck, um, okay, I don't know the exact details of why they picked the laser for this partnership. Maybe they do have some local expertise that I'm not aware of. But I would, I would give up the idea of a joint venture. I would rather contract them as consultants um, for, to give us advice in the region if that's what they're really good at. Give it up and, and go on as before, that the mill markets directly and then supports directly. And certainly I wouldn't, don't see any good sense in getting into a fight with the Treasury and the Minister of Finance. That is, that's being silly for a state-owned enterprise that's a no-no. It, it also creates, rightly or wrongly, and, and the point is, it could, I could be wrong, it could all be perfectly above board. But the defense market is, is a fairly sort of conservative one. Military people like to know that stuff they get works. They'd like to know they're not being taken for a ride. And if they start developing doubts about the probity of the company, then they're going to go somewhere else when they buy things. And that's not good news for Danelle.